0: Everyone, welcome back to Well Then, a podcast where we talk about all things wellness and putting your health first. I'm your host, Megan Scherer. Today's guest is Danielle Gray. Danielle began gymnastics when she was four years old and competed at the Junior Olympics until age 15. While competitive, she trained and competed, averaging 20 hours a week. When she retired, she began to focus on other hobbies and sports. After attending college at USC, she worked a desk job in online marketing. While the company and people were amazing, she still felt unfulfilled, never going outside, often working through lunch, never seeing the sun, and stressing about growing other people's companies. She decided to leave her job and pursue her passion in fitness and coaching. Years later, Danielle is the founder of the growing global movement Train Like a Gymnast, which aims to help formerly competitive athletes make an impact that changes lives so that they can have the freedom, energy, and happiness they desire. If clients want more happiness and energy, less stress and anxiety, and to avoid a life of mediocrity from never knowing how they can make more meaningful impact during their lifetimes, Train Like a Gymnast can help them realize their purpose and help them become their best selves to make the world a better place. I'm so excited for you guys to listen in on my conversation with Danielle as we talk about Train Like a Gymnast, how Gymnastics specifically is accessible to all people of all ages at any point in their lives and how we can all take a little bit of action Towards finding fulfillment in our day-to-day lives All right, welcome to the show Danielle. I'm so excited to have you here Thank you. Happy to be here Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to just dive right in and have you share with everybody a little bit more about um, your story Your background as a gymnast and and what brought you to the work that you're doing now
1: Absolutely, so I have been a gymnast since I was 4. So basically it's my entire life. I identified as it and I actually had a call yesterday with a girl who was saying, you know, all throughout middle school and high school and stuff, everybody always knew me as the gymnast. And most gymnasts can relate to that. It's like that's who you are. That's your identity. So I retired when I was 15 and what happens when you retire from a sport it doesn't have, doesn't matter if it's just gymnastics or another sport, you kind of have this loss of identity and you're wondering, well, who am I? Everyone knew me as the gymnast. Well, okay. If I'm not a gymnast anymore then like, am I just a normal person? Like what, what am I? You have this like weird identity crisis in your teens or, you know, your early twenties, if you're finishing after college. Uh, and so that kind of was interesting to me. And I realized that even though I had lost the love for the sport at the end of my career, I still had a passion for gymnastics in general, just not the environment that I was in. So I never really stopped training. I would train like a gymnast, which is the you know my my business name, uh, and maintain my skills and things. And I'd go back in, or I'd do just conditioning on my own at home. And I realized that that was something that a lot of people were missing, whether they were former gymnasts or just former athletes in general, is they missed that structure, that accountability, that consistency. And so. The reason I started Train Like a Gymnast, it was to bring that back, to bring back that environment with a coach who, you know, tells you what to do and you execute having the plan because a lot of us can coach other people all day long, but coaching ourselves is the struggle that a lot of us face. And so all coaches need coaches. And if you have been an athlete, even if, you know, you're the best in the world, like these athletes still have coaches, even if their coach didn't make it to the level that they did. But they have this, this level of accountability, and they have someone to report to, and they have you know a plan to follow. So it's been really successful. We've had girls drop over 20 pounds, and we're about to launch something very, very exciting. And it actually goes perfectly in line with the, the coronavirus and everybody staying at home. So it's, it's also it's just like a, a version of what we've already been doing, but we're going to be able to release it to a lot more people. And basically spread the ability for adults to train like a gymnast, even if you never were a gymnast. So that's really, really exciting.
0: I love that. And I love this idea of, you know, both former athletes getting to return to their roots and feeling like they're still training like an athlete and connected to that part of themselves, as well as, um, you know, people who might not have had as athletic of a background tapping into that side of themselves. I think All of that is is so important. It's really cool to see the work that you're doing. And I want to dig into all that a little bit more. But first, I think you said something so important that we we just have to touch on. We can't brush over because this is something so many people struggle with and that's the identity crisis issue. Um, This is, you know, particularly strong for for athletes. And that's something I experienced myself um, in my early 20s as well. But I think for anybody who kind of throws their, their whole life into something and all of their energy and all of their passion into a singular pursuit, anytime that that pursuit is taken away for any reason, you find yourself in this place where you're like, well, crap, who am I without that? Right. So. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm curious to hear more what that process was like for you. I'm sure you know it was one thing at the age of 15, and then another thing when when you uh, were graduating college and moving into more of a a corporate type desk job. So, how did you kind of start to discover who you were outside of just being a gymnast?
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, I always identified as a gymnast, and I still do. And this is something that's interesting because. We do a lot of ICA calls, so our ideal client. We, we talk to our ideal clients a lot, and we do these calls to figure out more about them. So it's not just me coming from my own point of view. It's actually we're, we're learning from our audience and, and seeing the patterns. And a lot of, a lot of them don't re, or identify as a former athlete. And I, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll explain that. And they say, well, I'm still a gymnast. I'm still an athlete because I'm athletic and I can do sports and stuff. So it's very interesting, just the language of how people identify. So throughout, you know, elementary, middle school and high school, I was always a gymnast and people always associated gymnastics to me. It's just like you hear gymnastics. You think of me still happens to this day because like when gymnastics videos go viral, I, my inbox is flooded. You know, people are like, Oh, look at this, look at this. It's the same video type of thing. And so after I stopped in high school, I had already kind of started to transition into wanting to act and do dance and stuff like that, um, which is very interesting because it wasn't a passion. I was just curious. So what happens with a lot of athletes is right when they stop their sport, they have all this free time, and then they're like, "What do I do with my life?" <laughs> and and there's just this void of a bunch of free time where you had everything planned for you you basically were in survival mode because you knew you had this amount of time to do homework before you had to leave for practice then you had practice and then you came back and you had to eat dinner at like nine o'clock and then do homework until 2 a.m sleep and then all over again when you have all this free time you have this new level of count of count- of accountability and it's to yourself no longer to parents or a coach and that is what can trip up a lot of people unless they have something to carry them forward. Like if they have a plan after retiring, that's what's going to basically increase your chances of success and allowing yourself to stay moving towards a goal versus feeling lost. Uh, So I did that for a little while. Then I went to college focused on that and got into actually pole dance. And then I associated myself as a pole dancer and that was my identity And, you know, then the pole dancers were like, well, you were a gymnast, so it it comes easier to you. I'm like, well, yeah, I did a lot of my time when I was a kid. So I've put in the work, trust me. And, uh, And so I still do that from time to time. But again, my roots are just so embedded in gymnastics that I never fully lost that identity. It was weird when I had that, like, transition time. But you'll realize as you get older that it still is a part of who you are. And just because you're not doing it competitively or maybe you didn't do it in college, that is something that I get sometimes uh, where some people feel like, oh, well, you're not really like, oh, you didn't do it in college or, oh, you weren't elite. Oh, you didn't, you weren't an Olympian. So when people look at train like a gymnast, they're like, well, who is this person? Like, I don't, I don't know who that is. Like, I have to get over that identity of I didn't compete in college. I was not an Olympian, but the passion that I have for the sport completely outweighs those titles because I think that makes it more relatable to the masses. Because if you have someone who is an Olympian or did compete in college leading this, it could be intimidating for a lot of people. So I just really want to show people that you can still identify as an athlete or You know, you used to be a basketball player, but you've always loved gymnastics or always wanted to do it. And so you can bring that into your identity as well as an athlete, as a well-rounded athlete.
0: Mm, I love that. So something I experienced personally that kind of was the the beginning of my identity crisis, if you will, um, was was uh, a sidelining injury. Mm-hmm. And that was the first moment where I had to question like, oh my gosh, who am I if I can't train like I want to and do all these things mm-hmm. with my body that I'm used to being so physical. So do you encounter, uh, do you encounter that in, in clients a lot who maybe have been set back by injuries and haven't been able to train like they would have in the past and, and you know, having a career in gymnastics yourself, did you ever experience sidelining injuries and, and how do you come back from those?
1: Right, so a lot. Oh, I never had any, thankfully, any injuries that took me out. Um, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my injuries all happened after I I quit. So um, okay, <laughs> it was. Uh, we have some people who come to us in our program who say, "Okay, well, I have knee issues, or I have back issues, or um, you know, I." I did you know, fracture my back, or I, I had this a long time ago, but it doesn't affect me too much. Or if it does, it's certain movements. So the cool thing about our VIP membership that's virtual, or when you know, you're in person with us at a workshop or a retreat, is we can modify and we work with it because you have that access to me. And this new program that we're launching, DIY, it's literally just going to be the workouts only. And in the videos, it has modifications and per- progressions in the Instruction box, so you can make it match whatever you want to. So typically, athletes are pretty aware of their body and they know how to listen to their body. Even though we've been taught to push our whole life, when you become an adult or you're no longer competitive, you start to weigh the like, is it worth it? Do I really need to do this? Right. Uh, and so you, you really are becoming in tune with your body and you you self filter and you're like. Mm, okay, maybe not going to do lunge switches. I'm just going to do regular like lunges back and forth. Or maybe I'm not going to jump, do box jumps. So I'll do, I'll do squats or I'll do single leg squats, things like that. So it does allow you to, um, you know, to adjust and modify to what you need. But I'm trying to think if we've had, we've had people with autoimmune issues. We've had people um, who have been overweight. We've had people who have had injuries. Like We've had a a wide variety of people do our program, and they still all see results when they put in the work.
0: Yeah, I love that you talk about modification, because that is the the best thing to remember that, you know, even if you are sidelined from training the way that you maybe used to training there's always something you can do exactly. and even if it's really scaled back like you can still take an action that helps you move a little bit closer towards your goals and and you know especially as somebody who's a former athlete sometimes that can be an ego check to feel like yep. oh well, I'm not able to do all the things I once was but that's yeah. okay as long as you're moving your body and you're able to do something like do that one thing.
1: Exactly like if people say oh my you know, knee or my ankle is hurting or I injured it. I'm like, okay, cool. You can do handstands. You can mm-hmm. do push right. <laughs> like there's always something you can do. I remember my one of my teammates back in the day. She was like crazy, crazy hard worker, hardest worker on the team. And I don't think I was there the pro- the night that she actually broke her ankle, but she broke her ankle and she was in the gym next day doing bar conditioning. Like she was back in, like did not, she came in, in her cast and was doing, you know, pull-ups with that heavy extra weight on, on her foot. And she was just there for the entire three and a half, four hour practice, just doing upper body conditioning and core, because there's always something you can do. And if you make the injury an excuse, that's what you're going to get. You're going to be like, oh, I can't do this. And you're going to focus on the problem, not on the solution of how you're going to recover.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes it takes hearing stories like that one to kind of like check mm-hmm. yourself and be like, oh my gosh, I can, I can do anything. There's yeah. this one person who comes to mind um, in particular. I've been a part of the acro yoga community in LA for, um, gosh, over seven years now. And, um, you know, if you go down to the beach in Santa Monica, there's like rings and bars and ropes and all kinds of people we doing. We each
1: other there. I go a lot as well. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's amazing. It's so funny. Like that community is like so tight knit, but at the same time also spread out. Like there's a lot of people who go at different times. And so maybe you know who I'm talking about, but there's this one guy who has been going down there for, you know, much longer than, than before I started. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of like a staple on, um, the flying rings there and
1: Charles Ryan.
0: Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) you know, for
1: our next workshop,
0: actually. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. He's going to be our guest speaker.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, So for those of you listening, it's this guy who is incredibly physically active and strong and and, uh, talented at so many things and was in a tragic motorcycle accident and had one of his legs amputated and You know, you would imagine that after something so traumatic and life changing like that, that you might not be as physical as you once were, but it was just a matter of a couple months before this guy was back down on the beach, climbing the ropes, swinging on the rings, doing acrobatics and acro yoga with people and has just like totally powered through and turned this life experience into something so empowering for himself. And, And I look at that and that makes me think like, wow, yeah, you can... You can do anything like in any exactly. moment there's always something you can do
1: exactly and he's out there making jokes like it's hard to point my toes right
0: like, dude <laughs> yeah that is like an extreme example of like you know looking at the silver lining and, and making a situation positive yeah. it's wild
1: <laughs> yeah so if you want to hear from him firsthand we are as far as I know, our April 5th workshop is still on. So if anybody listening wants to hear from him in person and wants to work out and train like a gymnast, like we are still we're still
0: on for April 5th. So that's awesome. I love that you guys are working together. Yeah. Um, that actually, you know, leads into a question that I wanted to ask anyways, what is your thought about the idea of, of play? And how do you find moments of play in your daily life? And, and how important is that to you?
1: Hmm. I love this question because I actually teach it to my clients as well. You, you ask the question like, when was the last time you played for no reason? You just played. Do you think of yourself as stupid? Do you, do you judge that as childish? Does, like, what are the thoughts that come into your mind when you think about play? Do you think I don't have time to play? Playing is immature. Like every, anything that we believe about it to be true is what we're going to, what we're going live and it's going to dictate our behavior which if we have those thoughts about it we're not going to play so i do thankfully i have a cat <laughs> she's a Bengal cat oh. and uh so she has a lot of energy like i actually take her on walks and, and if you follow me on instagram you'll see in my stories almost every day uh we go on walks and i'll chase her around the house and stuff so thankfully i am able to play with her because it's almost like having a child because she is I have to (laughs) have all of my cabinets and things. Um, Oh my gosh. So, so that is something that's, that's fun. That allows me to keep that just like for no reason, just start running around the house. Um, With gymnastics, it's a little bit tougher because gymnastics has always been so serious and makes you strive for perfection, right? Not anticipating imperfection, which is something else I talk about with my clients. So, this is, this is something that I personally struggle with, especially when it comes to like dance and gymnastics. It's mm. hard for me to let loose. Like I'm a terrible dancer when it comes to freestyling. Like if you tell me, okay, so just give like some movement. Let's just dance around. <laughs> Same. I'm free- I
0: need choreography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I need it to be like planned out. Okay. Your foot goes here. Your arm goes here. It's this, this, this. Boom. Then I can do it because I have a plan and I know what I'm doing. Um, but if it's free flowing, that's very, very difficult for me. So I would love to be able to play more. And thankfully pole dance actually made that better. So if you are relating to any of this and, and feeling like, yeah, I'm the same way when people say just dance, like I freeze. Uh, if you've ever been curious doing pole dance, not necessarily like exotic type, if that's not your jam, but looking into um, contemporary freestyle, contemporary movement with the pole, because it gives you a prop and it gives you something to work around and you just kind of, nothing is right and nothing is wrong and a lot of times in pole studios teachers will also um make you know, dim the lights so you're not feeling as watched or judged by anyone else and so you're mm-hmm. just literally moving and so it can open up a lot of movement or things that you didn't know that you could do Or like oh that feels kind of cool okay like oh that looks awesome and and it allows you to kind of open up a little bit more
0: yeah, that's so important to feel like the permission to, to fully let go and dive in and not feel judged and just let your body move. Yeah. So you kind of alluded to this uh, in the beginning, um, but you know, with pole and with gymnastics and all these types of, of movement that may be really kind of foreign and new to some people, yeah. do you think that it's possible um, for anyone to start these kinds of things at any point in their lives? 100%.
1: I have a seventy. She might be seventy-seven now. I have a seventy-seven-year-old in my gymnastics class that I go to.
0: That's and, amazing, and she tumbles.
1: Um, she works on handstands and flexibility and strength and conditioning. Um, okay. But there's also one um, one of the other women in my class, Vera. I think she's fifty-five, fifty-six. Um, she's doing aerials and stuff, and she's actually competing. So honestly, wow. you. There are, there are no excuses because all, all you need is your body. Everyone has to start somewhere. So it doesn't matter if you have a background in gymnastics or not, you can still train like a gymnast. And this is something that I'm really trying to get across to a lot of people and break that stereotype is, is just because you're an adult doesn't mean that you're starting too late. There are a bunch of adult competitions. There are a bunch of adult classes and open gyms around. Um, it's really just starting to condition and train your body in the way that will allow you to eventually be able to do these certain skills. And um, if you know, same thing, like I, ha- I did a podcast with 2008 Olympian Alicia Sacrimony on our Train Like a Gymnast podcast. Oh, love her. Yeah, she's epic. And she was saying, um, I think people see what gymnastics is being done on TV, and they're like, oh, my God, I could never do that, right? But, yeah, it takes years of dedication and practice, but that doesn't mean that anybody – can't start to condition their body that way to be able to do a back handspring or a backflip. I teach people backflips in, in one day. At every single workshop that I've, I've done, I've gotten people to backflip in a day. And people who want to learn it and work, work on it, because it doesn't require flexibility. It requires technique. And if you're able to, if I'm able to spot them through it, the, the biggest thing is the mentality, is the, is the fear of going backwards, the fear of failure, the fear of injury. Yep. But, Everybody is capable of doing that because if you see a human doing that skill or doing it, you 100% have the capability as well because you are human (laughs) as well. So when you think about that, a human can do it. Therefore, it's possible. Therefore, I need to learn how to do it. It's possible for me to learn how to do it. It gives you a level of confidence where you don't have to have as much fear trying something. So that yes. is that's something that I like to to make people realize as well. It's like, okay, watch me do this. I'm a human, you're a human, okay, you're gonna learn how to do this.
0: <laughs> I love that. That is such an important message to to preach. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, being somebody who went from feeling unfulfilled in your corporate job to you know creating the the life and the business that you have now and connecting to your your roots as a gymnast what advice do you have for somebody who feels stuck and is looking for a change in their life
1: with regards to being in a corporate desk job
0: with regards to anything you know whether it's their job or a relationship or their health and their physicality like if they feel stuck in any area what's something that they can do to start to feel unstuck and more connected to their their passion
1: so something that I tell our clients because a lot, a lot of times I do attract entrepreneurs or people who want to become entrepreneurs or start their own business or just same thing, get unstuck. And the thing that I tell them is nothing changes if nothing changes. So if you are feeling stuck, have you done anything to get unstuck? And if the answer is no, there's your answer. How, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> expecting a different result, right? So if you are doing the same thing and just complaining about being stuck, you're focused on the problem. It's like, uh, (laughs) I don't know if you've seen the meme, but it's a cat sitting in a cat carrier, um, but the top part of the the cat carrier is open. But the cat Hmm. is sitting in there looking through the, you know, the metal uh, door, but not looking up. So if you're focused on the problem, and you're not looking for solution or ways to change, then you're just going to stay there. You're going to stay stuck. It's like being in a cave, but looking everywhere except up or looking everywhere except down. So what you have to do is when you're feeling unstuck, you need to look at, okay, when my life was going well, or what, what is it that I want to do? You have to determine first what it is, because if you don't know where you're going, It's like driving a car without a destination. Who knows where you're going to end up? Who knows if you'll ever get there because you don't have a destination. So you have to paint a really clear picture of what it is that you want. Then you have to reverse engineer. Okay. What are the steps that I have to take to get there? All the way back until literally what is the first step I have to take? So let's say you want to uh, leave your job. Okay. Well, what's it going to take to do that? Well, you could just put in two two weeks notice and just be like, okay, bye. But that's probably not the best way if you want to end on good terms or have, you know, the ability to come back, right? So maybe it's having a discussion with your boss about, you know, you not being fulfilled. Who knows? You could get a raise. You could get different responsibilities. You could have a lateral shift. Maybe another action step is for you to start to train other people that are, you know, directly below you who, who would potentially fill your position so maybe starting to to build a relationship with them or teach them more things give them more responsibilities so you just start to come up with these ideas of actions that you can do so that you get closer and closer cuz action gets you closer to your destination mm-hmm. thinking about it is a good thing but just doing nothing about it doesn't get you anywhere so you can daydream all you want but unless you take action in a drastic way like nothing's going to change so it's really important to know that doing research and, and having all this knowledge of how to do things is, is great, but just like with what's going on right now, if somebody is doing all this research on a, on a vaccine for coronavirus, but they don't take action and, and give it to the masses, nothing's going to change. So you have to take action, even if it's messy, learn from mistakes and, and get closer and closer to getting unstuck.
0: Yeah, that is so key. And it's um, such an easy thing to forget, but such an important one to remember that we are always in the driver's seat and always have the ability to take, take any uh, action, different action in any given moment and, and you know, direct yeah. and change the course of our lives.
1: Yeah, it's super empowering.
0: hmm. So, um, one final thing that I love to ask everybody who comes on this show, being that it is a wellness show, besides your your main passion, um, training like a gymnast, what is one other daily wellness habit or practice that you swear by and cannot live without?
1: Interesting. One daily practice that I can't live without. Well, it's something that I've been reintroducing to my daily life because I am a workaholic. And this is more so for my mental health. <laughs> um, it's, it's journaling and, and reading kind of at the same, not the same time, but like in, in part of that practice is, all right, every, every morning and every night I fill out my five minute journal and then I'm also reading at least one chapter of something because that's something that just gives my mind space and keeps me from going insane. So, I, I journal and I read and I try and connect there. I put my phone face down. I'll read while I'm uh, doing the spin bike or, you know, things like that, where quote unquote multitasking, but allowing myself that space to disconnect, to let my mind kind of go uh, and recenter myself so that I have the mental brain power to continue what I really want to accomplish in this world.
0: That is such a good one. Yeah, Journaling and reading are both so important for mental health and overall well-being for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people want to find out more about your programming or just want to follow what you're up to, where can they find you?
1: Absolutely. So the main, my main Instagram is Danielle Gray fit, but if you're interested more in just the train like a gymnast, that's at train like a gymnast. Uh, same thing with the websites. I try, try, I try to keep everything pretty simple and consistent so website daniellegreyfit.com also train like a and if you want to well who knows what's going to happen with the in-person stuff but if you want to come to one of our in-person events all that stuff is on train like a gymnast and you'll also find out stuff through my instagram on on both of those pages that's where i live most of my most of my life and that's where i talk to people in dms and i get to know everybody and i pull those ideal clients from our followers. So I would love to connect with you there.
0: Amazing. We will be sure to link all of that in the show notes below. So for everybody who's listening, uh, make sure and go follow and check out some of the awesome things that Danielle is up to. Hey, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show today and, and sharing a little bit more about your story and, and um, giving everybody some inspiration to maybe try something new.
1: Yes, I hope to see a bunch of you training like gymnasts. Be sure to tag me. I want to see all the things.
0: Absolutely. And for everybody who's tuning in today, thank you so much for listening. I hope you definitely do get out there and start to train like a gymnast or at least go play a little bit. And, um, you know, as always, make sure you subscribe for updates to the podcast and share it with friends. If you know anybody who this episode would resonate with, um, leave a review as well. That would be greatly appreciated. And as always, until next time, have a happy, healthy day.